0: Since his great demise, countless beings have come, beat their time, and gone. The names and deeds of but a few are remembered. There are many pains, their joy, their victories and defeats, like themselves are now but shadows. And so it will be with all whom I know. Passing time will turn the calamities I worried about, the possibilities I fear, and the pleasure I chase after into mere shadows. Therefore, I will contemplate the reality of my own death That I may understand what is true value in life. Because death may soon come, I will repay all debts for all transgressions and be at odds with none. Because death may soon come, I will squander no time brooding on past mystics, but use each day as if it were my last. Because death may soon come, I will purify my mind rather than pamper the body. Because death may soon come and separation from those I love, I will develop detached compassion Rather than possessiveness and clinging. Because death may soon come, I will use each day fully, not wasting it on fruitless pursuits. And vain longings. May I be prepared when death finally comes. May I be fearless as life ebbs away. May my detachment help in the freeing of the heart. I'm going to read read through it once more for your contemplation recollection on death. I sit before the Buddha and contemplate that he and all those who knew him are now dead. Since his great demise, Countless beings have come, be their time and gone. The names and deeds of but a few are remembered. There are many pains, there are joy, there are victories and defeats like themselves are now but shadows and so it will be with all whom I know. Passing time will turn the calamities I worried about, the possibilities I fear, and the pleasure I chase after into mere shadows. Therefore, I will contemplate the reality of my own death that I may understand what is true value in life because death may soon come I will repay all debts for all transgressions and be at odds with none. Because death may soon come, I will squander no time brooding on past mystics, but use each day as if it were my last. Because death may soon come, I will purify my mind rather than pamper the body. Because death may soon come and separation from those I love, I will develop detached compassion rather than possessiveness and clinging. Because death may soon come, I will use each day fully, not wasting it on fruitless pursuits and vain longings. May I be prepared when death finally comes. May I be fearless as life ebbs away. May my detachment help in the freeing of the heart. Now continue to rest in the silent or bring your awareness to the breath. Let the contemplation sink into your heart. We are coming towards the end of the meditation sessions. I invite you to take a few minutes to reflect on how the meditation has been for you. To you open your eyes and come up from your meditation. I hope you enjoy the wordings of the recollection of death just now. That's one of my favorite. I didn't write it myself. I um, came across in a book, so I copied it out. I think it's a book called Neva Puja. Start at age. Only can start at age as well. I think it should be fine because it's like a continuation. Okay. I'll try to answer everything tonight. If I couldn't, um, we'll do plan B. But I will not do any more Q&A tomorrow morning because I really want to do, um, finish uh, the contemplation and reflections on death tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Okay, uh, so I'm going to start the first question. The infatuation with youth health and life, I see clearly and at the same time, since a young age, I have also had infatuation or fascination on death and a hyper focus on the body and all its aches and pains. I just turned 70 and have had some big health challenges question is how to live freely in the moment without this fixation on dying it is actually not too bad to have the fixation on dying at least you are aware of it instead of uh, pushing it away the main thing is to stay present moment. To be fully at this moment. Then you do not uh, project or think about what is going to happen tomorrow or the future or what happened yesterday things that you could not done or haven't done. Um because I uh, look after someone that who is um, in palliative care at home, and I find even for myself to be able to do focus what is happening right now is very helpful, rather than um, fixating when is going to happen, the death, or when the deterioration is going to happen. Um, it's not helpful and uh, but anyway you don't for me in my time as a caregiver I don't have time anyway all I have is this moment to do what needs to be done because there's so many things happening so so is for you that who had, had the health challenges you can't do anything about it you arrive at the stage the bell already gone for you. All you can do is uh, focus on the present moment. Um, As uh, even focus on this breath, that's all we have. And of course, uh, if you can't, uh, I'm going to read out a sutra tomorrow. There's nothing we can do As have continue to be a good person, Um, be kind and gentle to yourself and also to the people around us to be at peace. It's hard to say, which I could understand, but that's all you can do. Keep on trying and uh, be with people. Come to a place like this. Be with people that is kind and gentle, and incline their mind towards goodness, incline their minds towards kindness, and so that you can lean on them. And also with your example, you can share as well with other people. There be example of others that are like, uh, um, of your present moment to be courageous to be staying here at this moment. I hope I answered the questions. Um, If not, um, we will think about plan B. Um, Either you can't uh, write your... If you want to write further questions after today, you can write the questions, leave your email address. I can have communication with you if you really uh, would like to speak on this subject a bit more. Dear Ayaseri, I am a cancer patient. Please explain how to meditate towards the end of life and dealing with pain. Thank you. There's no special meditation that's different from what we have been doing. That's why we want to practice now. When we meditate, we or oh everyone. Some people think that we only the aim is to get into deep absorption. Actually, we are trying to. Uh, the fact that we need to try to let go, in order to be at peace, you need to let go of everything outside, the sound, the pain. And uh, that is, uh, will lead you into um, a letting go process and uh, keep you, take you deeper and deeper into the meditation. It is actually you're in a very juicy part of your life that uh, with meditation that can help to transform you. But you need to practice again and again now And for the pain, that is um, a very hard part. I definitely advise you to take whatever medication that uh, you being offered to you for the pain relief. Unless you can go into the deep meditation, you can lessen the pain. Uh, but if not, Take the medication. I don't know what they are prescribing now, morphine or um, petidine, the whatever, that help you so that you can be at ease. If your body is not at ease, there's no way that your mind can be at ease. Uh, some people think that uh, towards uh, the end of life that um, uh, you do not need to uh, Uh, preferably not to take any painkillers. I have a discussion, actually, uh, with, um, including Ajahn Brahm, um, that um, the first uh, aim of uh, the care at that time, or any time towards the end of life, is uh, to relieve pain, to be be in comfort, it yeah, had to be comfortable. So um, if you can take whatever you can, but continue with your practice, is um, once again uh, to be able to stay present moment. And the other um, I hope um, you might have contact with uh, um, meta meditation, loving-kindness meditation. I find it's very useful. Uh, I'm going to tell you the story tomorrow, but I'm going to tell you now. Um, I've been investigated for some health issues myself. When I'm in the hospital, um, I cannot think of of any chanting. Imagine that I've been a nun uh, probably 21 years since I was ordained uh, as a Not in 2004, but I started my training in 2002. So when you are in that stage of uh, anxiety, so please uh, let yourself feel the anxiety and fear. But uh, whatever method of meditation you're used to, either breath, Or stay in silence. Sometimes breath is difficult. When your breath is uh, hard. Um, So another one is um, loving kindness meditation. I will lead a meditation tomorrow before the last meditation, before we leave. But there's something that you can, I encourage you to investigate. That you can... um, keep yourself in that state of uh, love, not just to yourself, to all beings, that, uh, and you can go into a state of meditation, that, uh, a state that you will hopefully uh, forget or because you are encompassed or embraced by the love and good wishes to yourself and to all beings, that your pain will be lessened at that time. Um, Give it a go, and I'm happy to speak to whoever it is um, after the retreat, or if you want, you can leave your email address with me. And I wish you well. I hope that uh, you are surrounded by people that who love and care for you. And I think all of us send you good wishes. What advice do you have for someone who has thought of wanting to die to end their physical mental suffering? Not only thoughts that don't actually have any intention of taking their own life. First of all, I suggest that um, if it is serious, even though you say it's only thoughts, I highly suggest that you seek professional advice because I'm not um, a qualified psychologist, so. Uh, uh, um, a social workers of any that sort. That's the first advice that I gave you. Um, you can ask yourself, why? Whether physical or mental suffering, the Buddha say, that is the three characteristics of all phenomena. None of us can run away suffering, uh, impermanence. So you might think of it is very bad today. You might change your mind the next moment because you met people like us, that are wishing you well, uh, or like uh, the best for you, um, and sending you lots of loving kindness and compassion. You, your mind state might change. So remember that uh, our thoughts, whatever we are thinking this moment, it can change just with the finger snap. So don't trust what you are thinking or what you are feeling right now. Speak to someone, someone that who's uh, specialized, especially um, any. Psychologists or any someone, and remember that uh, there are people or beings that who love and want wish you well and want the best for you. So for that, I hope that uh, your uh, thoughts of uh, wanting to die will be lesser and uh, considered to an alternative. Another thing is um, offer your um, uh, time and energy. If you have suffering, uh, you might be able to help others who is also suffering. Like these two people who is a cancer patient or who has health challenges, they might benefit from your um, kindness. Um, to be volunteers. You always can come to volunteers at Pattachal Bhikini Hermitage or at Dhamma Loka or Jhana Grove, or Dhammasara or Bodhiyana. That will um, build up your, uh, uh, your heart, make it bigger, that you just not to focus on the suffering of right now and you can share um, offer your time and energy and they give you more happiness, then you can ask Christina uh, or Sharanga, or those people that who have uh, offered uh, volunteers. Um, you can ask them, and I always heard that, uh, you know, they are the hard of uh, joy and happiness because they're able to do something. Even after the end of the retreats, offer to do extra work, uh, that you i love one of the simile that uh um i heard that from ayaviyama it might be somewhere else as well uh that is uh, the simile of a jar of jelly beans so excuse me those heard me talk about the simile so many times so imagine that your uh, mental suffering or your um um un... Um, unpleasant thoughts are black jelly beans. I do like black jelly beans. Let's say the red jelly beans are the happiness, joy, peace and kindness and the black jelly beans are um, your dwelling on the vexation on death, unpleasant feelings and uh, the feeling of any mental struggling or physical stress suffering, or pains and aches. So the more that you can put in your red jelly beans, which is kindness, peace, happiness and joy, a generosity we talk about. So the more that you can put in, the probability each time you put your hands into the jar to pull out a red one will be higher than a black one. That's why we need to keep on putting in more red jelly beans, you know, to do something small. Um, someone, I went for a walk the other day, someone that I met, she just rescued a bird. Uh, there's two birds, one died, and the other one she thought she must pick it up. And this person that I met uh, that, around the park that I walk. She had a dog at home, so she could not look after the bird. So I offered she <laughs> said, well, I'll take it back to the hermitage because we don't have I don't have cats or dogs. Um, so I called the wildlife hospitals and someone else uh, helped me to bring the bird to the they brought the bird to the wildlife hospital. Um, they gave me a call. It gave me so much joy and happiness. I heard that they are going to help the bird. They are going to admit the bird. Um, they found a bruise or something. I yet to send them a message uh, to find out what happened. But it doesn't matter. The fact that the bird not die alone. So something small, seems like small, all I did is uh, take the bird from this person and ask someone to help me to bring the bird to the hospital. That brings me so much joy. I must say I'm most in tears when I heard that uh, they're going to help the bird. At least the creature got a chance. So those small things seem like small, but it's another red jelly beans that we put in. So that I offer to the other two persons that are facing the imminent death. You still got time. Put in as much red jelly beans into your jar as possible so that your heart has a bigger container. That like, uh, when uh, you are facing death, facing sickness, you know that uh, you have a lot more red jelly beans that will you, give you joy and happiness. That will reduce your mental suffering even physical pain, because of the joy. Give it a go. Venerable Sister, thank you for your time and service. How can we not live in a state of fear, always waiting for sickness and death to come, knocking at my door? My four grandparents are very old and unwell, and have had many close calls. And um, I can't read a bit of it, leaving me sick with anxiety. Every time the phone rings, I automatically think this is someone calling with bad news. I resent the way this makes me feel as stress in the past, anxiety has caused me sickness and disease, which I am still healing. It is almost like not scared as much as the death itself. But the anxiety that will come with it and inflict it upon my family, any advice you could offer is greatly appreciated. I feel honored to be here in your presence. Thank you. So am I. I feel honoured that you're able to come to join us. And uh, even though you have fear and anxiety, give yourself a pat on the shoulder. You're still willing to come, to face it, rather than, uh, no, I'm going to push it away. You feel the fear and anxiety, you don't want to look at it, but you are, so well done. Um. I can understand about the phone ringing because uh, uh, my grandma uh, in the ICU and it's rang in the uh, sometimes actually during down time and they called me in to, uh, to uh, when to see my they wanted me to go to see my grandma and from then on I must say I changed my rain tone. I, every time the same tone rang it brought out my own anxiety. <laughs> uh, even though she already passed away. And I still feel it when I heard the same rain tone. So I could understand. Um, guess what? There's nothing you can do. Um except to feel the fear. And um as I say earlier, like my uh, mom uh, went for her CT scan, she was scared. But it is okay. It's normal to feel the anxiety and fear, especially you have some four that who would call any time. And the practice to be at this very present moment, I find this is really helpful, because when I look after someone that who, um, in palliative care, I can be, uh, I woke up any time of the night, because the person is in trouble. I need to get up to deal with whatever situation that I need to deal with, because no one is going to be responsible except me. I just went for a walk, um, take a break around the area. I walked out for 10 minutes. I received a phone call saying, come back now. Um, uh, the person that look after require suction or whatever. So, but even with that, the only thing that you can do, or I did, is to focus on what it is in front of me right now. I try to, if I have time, I have a space, I'll walk away uh, into my room, which is in my case just next door, just to sit and close my eyes, stay in the present silence I could do, or breath, even for 5, 10, or 15 minutes. That will help with uh, whatever situation that you deal with. Or, like me, I took a break, I went out for a walk. I think at least three people here to help me to look after um, um, someone that is very in palliative care about a couple of years ago. So they could understand what it means by um, the anxiety and uh, fear that something's going to happen. And um, very important is to take easy, look after yourself. Um, give yourself lots of loving kindness and care. And this advice to all of you, all of us, who's going to go back home after this, uh, because this you will probably uh, stir up a lot of uh, um, sensitivity and vulnerability in all of us. This uh, fear, anxiety, and concern about our imminent uh, sickness and death. Um, besides staying in the present moment, do whatever, like coming to a place like this, keep on practicing, and do something outside of... Uh, what um, you are doing, um, waiting for the cause. And uh, I have someone recently that they knew their mother passing away, very sick. They, they have been waiting for the cause from, from their family. Um, they actually asked me um, if it really happened, can they come to stay with me? So they did when their mother passed away. So there's something that you can uh, do even before they pass away. Um, you can come to a situation like this in Jana Grove, where you can have your phone with you. I can understand because I used to have the phone on 24 hours for my grandma and for the person they will look after, even though I stay with the person I look after. I'm on alert all the time. I have a, um, like the baby uh, monitor next to me. I slept with it. Um, If I heard something with the breathing, there changes, I'll get up to uh, check. So I could understand. But there's, um, surround yourself with uh, kindness to yourself. So if you need to take a break, take a break. You need to go for a walk, go for a walk. Speak to someone I find it's very useful. So speak to someone that who could understand your difficulties. I hope that answers your questions. Or throughout the process, when I'm answering the rest of the questions, uh, then something will uh, come to your mind. And um, the other thing is... Um, I find when I was sitting with my grandma, who just uh, uh, in the last few days of her life, is I was sitting there surrounding her with uh, matter. So there is nothing you can do except offering a piece of your goodness, your uh, peace, your quietness, to your grandparents. And to yourself, always remember, you are one, you are being too. So offer the kindness and loving kindness to yourself too. We'll see how we go. Dear Venerable Nun, I have lived in an anxiety, fear, feeling lonely from the time I lost my husband for more than six months. I knew that nobody can avoid old age, illness, and death. To overcome that is so difficult. What is your advice for treating my negative feelings? I need your help. So very kind, this person gave me the uh, uh, personal email. Um, I wish you can help me personally. Um, when I say I understand I truly understand Um, because I live with um, someone some of you might know I live with uh, my teacher for a long time and she have a diagnosis of neurological conditions for 12 years so um, I witnessed the deterioration from Wellness, uh, who could speak, and uh, two, she need uh, uh, in the wheelchair, and um, she can't move. Uh, I need to do all the showering, and hoisting, and um, so I could understand. When she passed away, some people say to me that, "Well, now you got freedom." I can tell you that uh, I do miss her. And uh, I wish she's still around. The best thing that I make, best decision that I make in my life, after she passed away, uh, Ajahn Brahm invited me to come to Jharnagraal to stay. That's why. And I don't have a place to stay too. And uh, I didn't go anywhere else. And I took up the invitation. So I stayed in Jharnagraal. On retreat for a year. Um, I could understand how hard it is uh, because I have contact with someone that whose um, husband died um, just um, in an accident, and I did still have contact with her uh, even three years down the track. She's still having moments of uh, Sadness, because they are very close, and she's not Buddhist. So please treat yourself kind with kindness, and love yourself if you need to cry, cry. If you feel sad, feel sad. If you miss him, miss him. Death there is nothing we can do. There's a lot of things that we can't do in life. We would like them to, come, to be with us, but we can't. Six months is a short time, so be gentle with yourself. It's great that you can come to a retreat like this and encourage you to do more. Sometimes you might feel overwhelmed. Just walk out go to your room or walk to the uh, bush. Um, When I stay here, um, I told you about my secret garden with uh, all the uh, she oaks. I love the she oaks so much. Um, I've been introduced by my teacher and that's her favorite uh, trees. So when I found a she oak uh, bush land, uh, if you just go up... um, all the way to the boundary, and um, you, you know the nuns' Scottish or cottage number five, to so keep walking and turn to your left. That is a big beautiful um, piece of uh, shiot land. When I was here, I used to walk up there and I love chanting and I chant really loud. And I think I told, Uh, Christina before so in the morning or evening I will just walk up there however I feel I just chant really loud spreading loving kindness to all beings and uh, because uh, my teacher Ayavayama she's uh, really um, uh, met loving kindness is something that she practices a lot so to me I felt a connection and I went up there as regular as I can and chant as loud as I can and share merits which we will do that tomorrow that I chanted. So um, this yesterday when I arrived at three o'clock after I arrived here I went up there straight away before anyone turned up there so turned up here so that you will not think that this is a strange nun, a mad nun. I went up there straight away, went to the trees. And um, one of the things I love to do is I give it a hug. I have two favorite trees. One is a jar. I think both is a jar up there. It's a big, huge one. So I give it a big hug. That's what I used to do. I find comfort in doing that. And uh, and then I chant it, and I share merits, wishing all the beings up there, not just all beings, not just... mm, Seen and unseen beings, wishing them happiness, wishing them safety, wishing them well. And that, you can't uh, including myself and yourself. There's something that you can do, you can't uh, think about. And with your experience, um, your experience in grief, um, you can't. Eventually, think about helping others. So keep your... um, I can't see... You might need to write me your um, email address. And I can be contacted. If I didn't contact you, please speak to... um, Oh, even Sharanga got my uh, contact number. Or um, Christina. I'm very happy to speak to you. And um, because I would like to help someone else as well and uh, with my own experience. So I hope you can, whatever I say, will give you a little bit of comfort and peace. Another thing that is very nice thing to do is um, at the end of the retreat when we share merits. You can think of your husband. Bring him up. Um, Or any time when you do anything good, wholesome, share marriage with him. Say that, I wish you well. Wherever you are, I hope that you will be uh, safe, surrounded by people that will care and love you. So any losses that you have, you can not do that. Every time, after a meditation, after a chanting, or do any good deeds, sweep the floor and jhana growth. Anything you did say, well, I wish I uh, did this um, uh, that gave me lots of joy and happiness. May you share in my happiness and joy. May you be reborn in a place that's surrounded by people who love and care for you. So about your life experience. When you were in your 30s and contemplating a monastic life and embodying your spiritual practice, what length of time did you contemplate with this decision? Hmm. Life is always not just one thing, not just one causes and conditions. It's always multiple causes and conditions. I must say, um, I'll tell people that I just jump in. I did, you know, jump, with, jump in with faith. Um, someone actually, when I have my Anagarika head-shaving uh, ceremony, one of our supporters gave me a card. I think that I still have it. And I love it. It's a duck standing on top of a cliff and jump. And uh, the, it says something about uh, a leap of faith. That's how I felt at the time. I don't have a... I've been to many weekend retreats, a few weekend retreats at the time, but I've never been to a 9 days retreat. Um, You know, you think about all the preparation in your head that I should take uh, uh, eight precepts before I go to the monastery. I need to learn all this uh, chanting I need to do. I cannot chant (laughs) even the eight precepts by heart or even five precepts, I must say. Uh, But I did make the leap. Of course, at the time... So you can say that it is a, a, a short time, but it is not. Um, things happen. I went on a pilgrimage to India in 2001 as a lay person that I met Ayavayama. And uh, so that aroused a lot of faith in me. The second thing that, uh, a few things happened, and uh, I think that year is September 11th. I did put in my application before September 11. But that really ticked me over is when September 11 happened. Because I went to America, I got family in New York that year. So I went to pilgrimage to India, came in February, came back, went to New York in April, May. I took my grandma to see her. Uh, Great grandchild. And then I came back, I went to my brother's wedding, <laughs> really busy. And then September 11th happened. But of course, in between, there's lots of stories that I told everyone about. Uh, you know, I meant to, uh, I wanted to study, I already have my degree in pharmacy, I did my naturopathy diploma. I still want to study Chinese medicine. Um, so I already enrolled in that year, same year, 2000, I can't remember, 2001, do I say? Um, so I wanted to uh, make, trying to make a decision whether I should go to Melbourne to study. I uh, enrolled in IMIQ to do Chinese medicine. I'm planning to be a wish doctor at the time, but um, I already, my grandma is here and I got a Career. I got a job, I got a house. So I was contemplating, should I move? And I met Aya Vayama, and uh, I wrote and talked about it a lot. I asked her, I only got five minutes, the window of opportunity. I asked her, should I go to Melbourne? She t- told me, um, I have enough uh, tools to help others. I should put my concentration on practice. Focus on practice right now. That's all she say, and I just took it seriously. I apply to be anagarakas. So the person that who wrote me these questions, if you aspire to be a um, a nun. Please do it now. I told you the story earlier that um, I saw my grandma, I wanted to do it later, four years later, but my grandma lived another 12 years. And I seriously thought that I might. It's great to be able to come to a place like this. It's great to be able to contemplate. I might be the one who is going to die or did before my grandma. So I decided that I'm not going to wait. So I offer this to you, and uh, don't wait too long. It's okay just to make the jump. If you find that it's not suitable, always can come back. It's not the end of the world. Spend six months in the monastery, and you just say, "Mm, it's not for me, come back. But try it. Do it now, not wait. That's my advice. How can we tell the um, difference between being present in the moment and avoiding um, problems? I can't read the other one. Or avo- avoiding any problems. You can't avoid any problems. If you have pains and aches, you have suffering, it's there all the time. Present moment is not avoiding. Um, Of course, in my case, I can give you my own examples. I need to hoist someone out of bed and go into the showers. So I focus on what I need to do. That is present moment. That's an interesting story I can tell you. Um, When we first have the environment was sick, and uh, we have a support worker coming in, we started to have, uh, um, I think, 24 hours care yet? I'm not sure, I can't remember. So me and the support worker, when we need to do personal care, you always need two two persons to be safe and easier. So I'm working with another support worker offering uh, IVMAS help. So unfortunately, I wasn't in present moment. So that's the difference between you're in present moment and not. So we start talking in our land while the person, the patient, is uh, waiting. Because when you think that you can do two things at the same time, you can't. So Aya is excellent, like an excellent teacher. She's saying, hello, the patient is still here. While me and the support worker was talking about something else, nothing to do with personal care. It's so great because it reminds me of present moment. and Present moment is doing what I'm doing in front of me. Who is the most important person? The person in front of you. Uh, the patient. What I need to do is the most important thing, the present moment. You can't avoid um, in my case, if you want to say, my avoidance will be not to look at you know, the things I need to do. Uh, sickness and death that I uh, need to deal with. Um, or any time, I will I have lots of experience of uh, calling ambulance at four o'clock in the morning and went to the hospital. So um, that can happen any time. So if I'm staying present, doing what needs to be done, I'm not avoiding. You deal with whatever is happening right now. It gives you a better capacity um, because you are fully here then you can make decision you will be aware there's something wrong if you are not present you didn't know that whether the person is uh, respiration rate is higher or lower because you are somewhere else but present moment is this is what needs to be done now I'm doing it and now we are talking in QA I have to Uh, be present here even though I'm tired i will like how nice tomorrow going home that I can relax I don't forget about anything about retreats but that is running away to be here present moment I'm uh, talking to and sharing with all of you here stay here staying here not to run away that's present moment The closer you are to the present moment, this breath right now, then they help you to stay. You can't give you the space. It's interesting. You don't need that space, but in this moment, give you the space that the rest of the things fall away. This applies to the person who is sick. Those people that who is uh, uh, and having fear and anxiety about the, someone else, uh, you receiving phone call, to be present, listening to what is happening now, watching your breath, eating your food, working, that is present moment. Then you do not go. it is reduce your chances of going to into thinking. Thinking then you trigger off fear and anxiety. Try that out. This requires lots of practice again and again. I'm very grateful I have uh, lots of practice, even though I did ask uh, during the palliative care, I was talking to a nurse. I did ask, you know, how, um, you know, what is uh, happening or um, how long or what is uh, expected. Um, even the, the doctors, uh, the, the palliative care doctors and nurses, they're excellent. We they just say, we take one day at a time. So that's exactly what we need to do. Do I miss anything? No. When undertaking the eight precepts, is deodorant something that would, mean you wound adhering to number seven or sunscreen or moisturiser? To me, sunscreen and moisturiser, they are, can be medical. Okay, Sunscreen, you need protection from the sun. Moisturiser is protection for your skin. Um, when you get older, your skin, the, remember the a poem by Venerable Bikuni Amba Pali. Um, your skin becomes really dry, and if you scratches too much of it, it can bleed. So it causes discomfort. So medically, use a moisturizer. Use a sunscreen. Deodorant, it is a bit in a gray area. Uh, generally, monastics, we do not use deodorant because that is part of uh, the nature of the body. Yes, it smells when you're sweating. However, I was being told that uh, uh, a nun, not in Perth, in another country, that somewhat a lay person offered them the deodorant because it is uh, some people, certain type of uh, conditions, like uh, the excessive sweating, is due to bacteria, um, from my understanding. So that uh, created a very strong smell, and then it become medical. So m- remember, whatever you're using, it is for medical reason. Go ahead. If for um, so that you can smell nice. Um, so you start to go into the adornment, um, trying to be uh, uh, beautiful or smell nice rather than medical, then if you're really uh, thinking about the uh, spiritual practice when you're here, I would suggest not to use it and see how you go. Could you please give some advice on how to work up to sitting cross-legged? I can't sit for more than 15 minutes without leg pain. Oh well, just sit for 15 minutes and the rest of the time sit on a chair. That is uh, uh, my best advice. Another thing is, another one is, have you tried sitting on a stool? Um, I find sitting on a stool Um, bachelor for me. Um, I probably can sit cross-legged for an hour or depends on how I feel that day. I started to have leg pain too and back pain. I find sitting on a stool um, help with my knee and I'm more comfortable and then I can sit longer. If not, sit on a chair. I still sit on a chair. I think there's a chair that's saying the reserved for us, Sari. I requested a chair to be reserved for me. If I really feel difficult, I can sit on a chair. If it is too difficult, do walking meditation. Instead of sitting for half an hour or 45 minutes, walk for 45 minutes. So um, that's my advice for you. I must say, I told a funny story before. Um, when I first went into the monastery uh, as a young nun, young Anagarika, everyone I remember sit in the one, the, one evening, the rest of the nuns, including I, Vayama, they all sit so well, not moving. I'm used to be the, <laughs> the junior one, thankful sit there watching everyone else sitting and watching the uh, candles. So I could understand. I wasn't born uh, sitting for a long time. But with training, uh, training means, you know, in the monastery, you, every night you've got to sit. You have to sit. And our environment, uh, the suggestion is, if you can't sit, you just sit there quietly. Open your eyes. You can't walk out. Not like retreats. I used to be um, um, in the monastery. I went in uh, during the rains. So every night we have meditation sessions or afternoon we have meditation sessions. Um, You can move and shift. You try to be as quiet as you can because no one else moves. So I'm the naughty (laughs) one. So I tried to move quietly, but I still could sit. So I just sit there watching everyone else study. Horrible, isn't it? Watching everyone else sitting. Uh, but one day I listened to a Dharma talk. And uh, of course I was still young. I don't have back pain or any physical difficulties. And the talk was talking about endurance, patient endurance. So I was very gung-ho. I say, okay, tonight I'm not going to move. But I think that sessions, So we listen to a talk for an hour, sit for an hour or something like that. I didn't move for the whole time on a stool. I didn't sit cross-legged. Um, I injured my knee. Uh, for the next few weeks, I got to sit on a chair. Everyone come to offer down. I say, oh, what happened to you? I really... Barry said, Yeah, because I sit too long. I must say, after that experience, I don't have any fear and anxiety about sitting long. That's the uh, first time I can I start sitting longer. And though, if you, this person who wrote me this uh, um, um, uh, note, if you don't have any problems, um, I think yoga uh, can help. There are some stretches you can do. I do do them. Uh, someone sent me some very simple stretches. Um, that can help uh, to increase your flexibility if you are in the youngish group that you want to work up to be able to sit cross-legged. So that is something that you can consider. And you can speak to Swenga who's here, talk about uh, stretches that you can do to enhance your flexibility. Oh, this is the last one. Yes. Um, how can people sit still for so long? My back starts to ache after ten minutes. Then I uh, I can't read one of them. I started to think of everything about or but my back. Don't all of us uh, feel that we are in the same boat <laughs> sometimes. Um. If you are just started uh, to meditate, 10 minutes is very good. I think you are doing a good job. You need to gradually work up to it. So after 10 minutes, there's no point sitting struggling in pain. It's very important we form this uh, uh, positive or wholesome or pleasant relationship with meditation. So when we meditate, we always relate to it is nice, it is relaxing, it is peaceful, it is comfortable. But if you struggle for the 10 minutes, then you keep on informing your mind that, oh, it is horrible, I don't like meditation, I can't sit. my backache. I, I do have backache too. So... It is uh, then give you a, um, a negative uh, relationship with meditation. Then you will not go back to sit again and again. Then make it difficult for you to um, cultivate uh, the meditation. So if you really um, can't do it, sit for 10 minutes, as I mentioned, or sit in a chair. And at the same time, Start to do some uh, yoga practices or stretching practices and that help with your uh, back, then you might be able to start to sit longer. But if your back is uh, painful, you can't, there's nothing you can do, sit on the chair. It's better, as I said earlier, you cannot get enlightened with your legs, you're enlightened with your heart and your mind. So feel free to sit on a chair. Actually, the Buddha did sit on a chair. And I was at, uh, I can't remember, either Elora or Ajanta Cave in India. There is um, uh, the, wood, uh, the stone carving of the Buddha sitting on a chair. So please sit on a chair. Then especially able to uh, develop your mind and uh, have the positive relationship, pleasantness of meditation. That's why we say, relax. I'm trying to brainwash you to relax. I love the word brainwash. <laughs> I learned that from my jambra. It is brainwash. To, to brainwash you thinking that meditation is relaxing, is fun. I must say when I first started, I don't have any more questions anyway, so I can tell you the more story. When I first started to meditate, um, I think I went to one of the nine days treat, after I was an uh, Anagarika. One of the techniques that Ajahn Brahm uh, offers at the uh, retreats is play with your breath, which I love because I love anything fun and playful. Play means rather than you just breathe in and out, breathe in and out, it can be boring if you sit for longer than 10 minutes. So he suggests you breathe out twice, and breathe in once. So you change the rhythm purposely to bring your attention to the breath. So it's a So you purposely breathe out three times, and breathe in once. And then turn it around to breathe in twice, and breathe out once. Until your mind is so engrossed in your breath, you can easily get hold of the breath. Then gradually you actually drop your playfulness because it is so enchanting, the breath. And um, you actually can even look at the breath say, oh, that's why earlier I said, pay attention whether you are having a long breath, a short breath. Is your breath fast or slow? And until the time that when you play around with it, that you are so engrossed in the breath, you've forgotten about thinking. All you have is breath. Then it is pleasant. There's no, no problems anymore. From then on, you're on your way. You just keep on staying with the breath. And gradually, you um, uh, playfulness or will drop off because your mind become calm and you don't need any other skills. You can just keep on staying and staying. Become calm and it will open up for you. So try that. Um, it is nine o'clock. Um, I hope I answer everything. Like, um, I don't see any more so, which is great, except the one person that who gave me the email address. Um, if you want to go out to write the email address again because I can't really read the whole thing really well and you pass it to me. And uh, the others that who want to, um, want to speak to me as well about um, how to meditate and uh, dealing with pain, uh, you are welcome to Uh, Give me your email address and happy to offer you the support that you need on your journey, um, dealing with uh, whatever it is facing in front of you. Um, And I meant to talk a bit more about it. I heard recently there's something called a death cafe. Um, Something that you can explore for those people um, because you need more support system to talk about it. That is um, not just meditation. There's lots of other um, tools or other things available um, that uh, other people are experiencing the same thing that you can have a chat about. But I'm definitely um, happy to talk to you about. Um, I am... Um, um, of course, very interested in this uh, topic as I have uh, helped um, my grandmother and also with Ayavayama. Actually, we, uh, she started to, once she got her diagnosis, she started to look into all the preparation and uh, palliative care. So if you're a cancer patient, if you're planning to have your palliative care at home, uh, you need to uh, reach out and speak to someone about the preparation, how to, uh, what equipments you need, like a hospital bed. Don't wait till last minute. For my grandma, uh, she was in the hospital, uh, she was being admitted to palliative care, but she was ninety-eight. I would like to bring her back to her house, her home, but I was advised not to. It takes too long to set up. The, to have a bed, to have the right equipment, and, of course, the care to be there. So don't wait till then. And um, at that time, I have passed away in 2021. So in 2015, we already talked about it, and we spoke to civil change about palliative care at home, and um, at what point that... Uh, we need to we need to say, "No, that's it. we're going to stay at home." So those have conversation is good to uh, talk about it now. Um, and that will offer you comfort. and uh, the pain is not just physical pain. sometimes the pain is uh what's going to happen um, things that you have unfinished business. So it's good to organize things. I still remember at the time I was calling, um, we are investigating whether there, um, there's possibility of, um, um, besides cremation, is called a natural barrier. So I call around the cemetery to get information about natural barrier um, to find out more how to organize everything. Ayavai was she was very kind to me. She wanted to organize everything so that I have less thing to do. When things happen, I don't need to go in to say, oh, does she want, uh, where is the funeral? What does she want to do? So like seven years before she passed away, she we already talk about it and uh, have something in mind. Those are younger, You think that it is only for people who are sick. Actually, it's very useful you uh, uh, know something about it so that you have the sensitivity and understanding you can help your loved ones, your friends, when they are facing that process. Like, um, I'll tell you more tomorrow. I'll share more stories. Um, So that's something that you... um, or the, the two people who uh, give, say that they are cancer patient, or the other person that facing a lot of health challenges, that's something that you can organize, and then you can put it aside. You don't need to think about it. You really organize, and to help you to let go. So to, to take, uh, get rid of some of the mental pain, and suffering, and worries, that you have things organized. You know that you're partner, your family, will be uh, less burdened by the organization. That is a great help. Okay, I think um, that's all Thank, uh, the questions. Um, as I say, those who like you, you can give me your email address. Right on a piece of paper. You can um, put it here next to me if I'm not here and I will, uh, or questions that you're asking, and I will reply to you once I finish the retreat. And now you can keep on enjoying the nights. And uh, tomorrow the chanting is at 5.30. Um, it is nice to be able to experience or experiment getting up half an hour earlier. And it is light anyway. Um, So, but if you can't stay in bed, the rest of us will chant twice as loud as we can to fill up the space for you. How about that? Okay. Good night.